0: Hello again, and welcome to The Vinyl Crawl, Season 2, Episode 3. I'm your host, Alan Miller. The Vinyl Crawl is your weekly podcast about beer and vinyl. We stop at a pub, we drink one beer, or sometimes two, and talk about one record. Uh, This episode, we are talking about the Rolling Stones album, which I feel like the Rolling Stones is a common theme with myself and Matt Pfefferkorn, who is on here often with me. Uh, We're talking about the Rolling Stones live album, love you live uh which is a very interesting album in their collection um and they like in their full catalog they've got a few live albums and this one's a strange one in my opinion um, but it, it was a fun chat we stopped at white squirrel brewery in bowling green kentucky and had the chat there uh, really really good chat so I also want to talk about our sponsor we have this season, which is Bullmoose, bullmoose.com or at Bullmoose on Twitter. They are a online and brick and mortar record shop that has movies, music, video games, books, all kinds of things. Definitely worth checking out. Great shop. They have in stock the new reissue of one of my favorite live albums, Okonokos by My Morning Jacket which is an incredible four LP release. It's been out of print forever and it's finally back in print. So that's, that's, it's a great live album. It's basically my morning jackets, greatest hits up until Z because this, this tour was on the album Z, which was kind of their, their pinnacle album. It was kind of like their okay computer in a way. Um, But it's, you know, it's 50 bucks, but you're getting four albums. I think it's worth it. Deluxe packaging, all that sort of thing. So, Definitely go to Bull Moose and check that out. Um, you know, give them some love and see if they got anything else on there you're looking for. Um, also, want to mention that if you've got any kind of feedback or anything about these live shows we're doing, feel free to let us know on our SoundCloud page, um, or you can send me an email. It's Alan A L A N Miller at modern-vinyl.com. Feel free to shoot me an email and see if just to kind of gauge whether you guys are liking these, you know, live on site episodes rather than the, uh, the ones where we just sat at Matt's house and chatting. So, uh, hope you enjoy the episode. This is Alan. This is Matt. Is the vinyl crawl. The yes, end. it is. In the episode. It's over. What? That was it. That was it. It was a good episode. It was great. It was a good one. It was. We are at White Squirrel Brewery. Yes. In we sunny, are. not rain filled anymore. Out, out on the patio. Yeah. Looking for Pokemon. Trying to it's catch ridiculous. them
1: all. Ridiculous. Don't catch nothing. <laughs> You're not into it at all. I'm catch a buzz. Yeah,
0: well, that's that is generally what we do, isn't it?
1: <laughs> we try to do.
0: So we are here today uh, during the New Belgium collaboration brews festival, which yeah. is They're a tap we, takeover. A tap takeover at White Squirrel where they are. Uh, I mean so New Belgium they are Fat Tire that is New Belgium. Yes. Like, like yeah. Fat Tire. New Belgium is, main is kinda, the brewery. Okay. And Fat, fat tire, tire is just the like beer. their most well-known beer, I guess. Right. Yeah. So what we're looking at on the on the draft list is a lot of Fat Tire collaborations that they've done with other
1: New Belgium collaborations. Sorry, New I Belgium
0: say. collaborations that they've done with <laughs> other breweries. Um, and the beer we're drinking right now on the list is the Fat Hoppy Ale. Which is a collaboration with Firestone Walker Brewing Company. Yeah. Which is one that you enjoy, right? What's that? Uh, they're one that you enjoy, right? You, yes. You were talking about Yeah, what little I've
1: had. But they're top-notch. Yeah.
0: What What's their, like, what's some of their flagship um,
1: brews? Oh, what is it? There's a double IPA that they do that's really good. Um, I can't recall the uh, the the name of it, but I had a couple of bottles that my cousin actually, or well, cousin and nephew-in-law, something like that, Yeah. whatever. Because we
0: don't really get it around here, right? Like no, it's not a no. He brought it local. back
1: from Missouri, I wow. think. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Well, this is a really solid, hoppy beer. I, I hesitate to call it an IPA. I don't really think it's an IPA. No, it has. It's a little calmer than a than a normal IPA. It's a hoppy would be.
1: pale ale.
0: Yeah, yeah. It doesn't like it doesn't set bitter on yeah. the palate like a no. like an IPA normally does. Yeah, but it's it's really good. Like I'm, it is good. I'm really enjoying it. I like it um, a lot. It's only at a six percent, uh, so it's not too too heavy.
1: Yeah, um, could drink a few of these.
0: It says that it is a. It's an assertive hop presence that's added to a lager yeast, which is also with the fat tire recipe. So, oh, it says it's a hoppy amber lager. Is how they put it. So that makes sense because that's it's got that fat tire feel to it, yeah. which is a normal amber lager with just a little more hop to it. So
1: it's got a nice little uh, kind of golden yellowish color yeah. to it. Yeah, it does. it's it's
0: a really pretty beer. Yeah. Looks good. Not too heavy. Drinks well. Good right. summer beer. Good summer beer. And the album we're talking With about. A summer today. <laughs> the summer album. Summer <laughs>
1: album.
0: And the album we're talking about today. I feel like we've done a lot of Rolling Stones on the show. We might
1: have. I was trying yeah. to think about that. Yeah, too. Thanks, um, man. I feel
0: like we've. We might have.
1: But, I don't know. But that's okay, because we both
0: really enjoy the Stones a lot. Like we're both yeah, we're both I do big too. Stones fans.
1: So. From the beginning yeah. of, of my trying to find my musical way, after Kiss, of course. Of course, yeah. I, uh, I found the Stones and the Beatles, but I tend to lean more toward the Stones, on the Stones. Well, the Stones side. are more
0: fun. I mean the Beatles might be more accomplished but the Stones are more fun.
1: Yeah. Always. Always. Everything bigger is better.
0: Even it's a bigger bang you might say than than a bigger,
1: bigger bang. bang. Yeah. yeah.
0: But this uh this album though, 1977, Love You Live.
1: Love You Live. An album that is kind of overlooked in their discography a little bit.
0: Ah uh, yeah. You know when I look at the late '70s, early '80s, they had a couple live albums. I know there's still live.
1: That would be the one thing I'd say about the Stones: they like to put out live albums.
0: Yeah, you, like, you were saying earlier, like pretty much every tour is every have tour a live
1: now. Album. There's a live album for everything.
0: Because they sell, they sell extremely yeah. well, right? Um, they do. So it makes sense to pop them out. But um, who
1: doesn't want to hear live material from a bigger bang? Or Babylon Brid- to Bridges? Brid- what? Bridges to Babylon. Bridges to Babylon. We were both at that show. It was a great show. It
0: was a great show. Um, it, was, it was a great show. It was just kind of a poor album. It was beat. cold as
1: hell. It was dude. cold,
0: yeah. Um, oh. That was my first big rock concert. Was it? Was the uh, Bridges to Babylon, yeah. In- and it, For my like 14-year-old brain or oh, 13-year-old man. brain, it was incredible.
1: That's the one thing about the Stones. They put on an event. Yeah. It's not necessarily a concert per se. It's like... The
0: music might not be great always. The the vocals might not always be great. Uh, But the show will always be a spectacle.
1: It's like how uh, Barnum & Bailey used to be. The greatest show on earth. The Stones. They make it like the greatest show on earth. Confetti guns, oh, man. fireworks. That was incredible, too, just the, the amount of confetti. You know, probably the best technology at whatever year they're touring as far as the video screens. Yeah, that—that
0: that that was that's the thing that I'll always remember from, from that show Was it was the dawn of the Internet, and everybody was, was just getting onto, yeah. like, bulletin boards and things like that. So the Rolling Stones website had a poll where you could vote on what song you awesome? want to see live. And, and Mick on stage was like talking about this new thing called the internet, and he he mimicked with a mouse on stage, yeah. scrolling to their website and clicking, or, or like surfing to their website and clicking. Like, let's see what song it is. Like, it's like it's live. Like, right. this is something sure. he's yeah. doing live. And I think it was Faraway Eyes. If I, I think remember it was right, because they played Eyes. Far Away Eyes, which yeah. was fantastic I mean, that's right that's a great oh, song oh was awesome and it was great for Nashville that was the perfect song to play in Nashville which is yes. probably why I got voted on honestly because like that's one of their more country maybe even the most country
1: probably song yeah. we have yeah um, what, do you remember who opened up the show I do uh, <laughs> reach for it <laughs> it was Sheryl uh, Crow yes it was
0: Every Day is a Winding Road she was she that's was touring right. the hell out of that she was and she was great. It was a it was, was a great good. show from what I can yeah. remember.
1: She was good.
0: Um, outside of all the fifty year old men ogling over with binoculars, that's <laughs> yes. the other thing that I remember. Of yeah. It. But it it was a great it was an all around great show, like start to finish. It was I would a have good to opener. agree. It was a it was a fun show. Um, now, when we're now. talking about nineteen seventy-seven, we were talking—we're talking about a lot of different stones. than we're talking about nineteen ninety-seven, which was true. Which was uh, Bridges, Bridges, of Babylon. The thing about seventy-seven stones is that they were not in the best headspace at that time. You know, they—they they were not having a lot of commercial success in seventy-seven. Well, they really didn't get back on their feet. Until 1980, with uh, Tattoo Year.
1: Probably yes and no. Around that time, though, you had some girls, which was a pretty big. And then they had other albums that had hits on it. Yeah, like Emotional Rescue. Like for,
0: it's only Rock and Roll is one of their poorest albums, in my opinion. I, I don't, I don't care for that. You album. You don't like that album? Mm-mm, not very much at all. But, um, I like that album a lot. Well, that's I think it it goes into your theory of like having hits on an album, but not being like an altogether good album. I think it's only Rock and Roll has some hits on it, but it's not an altogether. It had that album. cool
1: Motown. They did some Motown covers. Ain't and... proud the bag was on
0: there, I believe. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was. I great. think that kicked it off. But I think that song and It's Only Rock and Roll were the only
1: really solid. Wasn't t- Short and Curly's on that yeah, one too? Well,
0: think so maybe maybe <laughs> but um, yeah
1: so the album they were touring on I think was goat's head soup
0: no way couldn't have been that was like yeah. 74
1: what album had fingerprint file on it wasn't um, it goat heads, goat's head soup
0: I don't know because there's a lot of songs from it's only rock and roll that's why I think they might maybe have been. fingerprint
1: files on. It's only rock and roll. I guess. That's why I feel
0: like they might have been touring on. It's only rock and roll. Yeah. Um,
1: well, if fingerprint file is on, it's only rock and roll. That just makes that album that much better because mm. that song is fucking cool as shit. Yeah, it's it's a good. I time. mean, think about that tune and like Mick writing it, being paranoid about people tapping his phone and all that. Yeah, big brother. But I'm not gonna let
0: you gush on this album too much.
1: Because here's <laughs> a fingerprint. Files. Because
0: I'm going to to give you my manifesto gonna, of why I do not like
1: Alan this Alan is going to dismantle this live album. I'm not gonna dismantle it.
0: d I don't think I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's so bad that you shouldn't listen to it. I think everyone should give it a listen. Oh yeah, there's several it's fun great it's, things about it. It's a great um, it's a great indication of how sloppy the stones can be. And still put out an album.
1: But see, that's the thing. The Stones are always sloppy. And that's well, what makes them great. But then again, the there's a big difference
0: between 1997 Stones and 1977 Stones. And the thing about the 97 show is they might still be sloppy, but they had this whole band behind them to fix it. True. So if they hit a bum note, you don't necessarily hear it because there's three other guitar yeah. players. There's, you know, other, other background musicians playing along. Right. So 77 is raw.
1: This is still raw stones. I like to hear the bumps in the road. Because at that point, Ronnie Wood just joined the band. He was probably at the height of his... I mean, he just left the faces. Uh And Rod Stewart started on his solo career. Yes. So, and then Keith, probably at the height of his uh, drug career, (laughs) you know. And... I mean, I like
0: Sloppy Rolling Stones, don't get me wrong, but I like Sticky Fingers era Sloppy Rolling Stones, Exile era Sloppy Rolling Stones. By 77, they were sloppy, but they were also kind (laughs) of shitty, too. Like, back then, they were sloppy, but it still came across like, ah, that's just your favorite bar band, just, you know, hamming it up a little bit. This is like, well, we're just, now we're just going to grab some bucks here and, and not really care so much about it. I mean, I think they probably all had really bad drug problems at that time, I'm sure, because Maybe. they they don't sound very coherent at all when they're playing together. So, I, I don't... My biggest problem... Two, two things. So, one is the album art, which is cool. <laughs> but I found out today looking on Wikipedia, it's a Warhol piece of, yeah. of Mick biting his hand. But Mick took pencil shavings and shaded it in. Took the Warhol piece and shaded it himself. Now... Are you surprised if, if by that, If that doesn't though? tell you that he had a drug problem at the time, I don't know what does. I don't know if
1: it would be his, a drug problem or his arrogance. <laughs> it's Mick Jagger, you know? Well,
0: right there was a strike against me liking the album, because I'm like, okay, you can't you can't ruin a Warhol piece just because you think it would look better with some pencil But, sanctions. you know,
1: as, like, whenever I first heard it, I don't know, when I was 16 or 17... You didn't even know didn't that. I just that. thought it was cool. It looked like a great. It was colorful. It was the seventies for I sure. I agree. Yeah, it definitely you was. Know, it's yeah. colorful.
0: Mick was starting to wear the spandex and stuff. Right. And like the.
1: And the thing about the Stones is everything they did was big. Yeah. Bigger is better. Right. If we're, you know, they were one of the first bands, even in the late sixties, to use the full PA system and kind of yeah. perfect that. And taking it on tour, so they always did things on a grand scale. True, very true. And this tour of the Americas was probably one of the first big arena show tours. Yeah, you know that. Uh,
0: yeah, it, it's a bit. It, it was a big show. It's a big deal. But that's that's comes to the second point of why I don't particularly care for this album. The second point is this album isn't just one show; it's two shows. It's right. a club show at Elma Combo. Yep. where they were under a pseudo name. They weren't under the Stones. They played it under one of their the mini cockroaches. cockroaches under their pseudo names. Um, so you've got half of the album that it, it's a double album, by the way. So half of that album isn't it a double album. Yeah. Yeah. So half the album is the cockroaches at Elma Combo and half doing blues covers, by the way. And then the other half of the album is a full-on like stadium show. Right. I can't remember where it was, but it's it's a big show.
1: It was done in Paris, uh, London, Toronto. It was like a culmination of about four different, and I think either Los Angeles. I think okay. some was done in Los Angeles too. Yeah.
0: So, so my big issue is the fact that. I guess Mick or Keith one wasn't very happy with the, with the Elma Combo recording because it, it is rough. Like yeah. They were, you know, they were a little fucked up on stage. They were a little. A little I think it was Keith it.
1: that wasn't happy.
0: It, it's just. I don't. They didn't rehearse for it at all, from what I read. Well, they
1: couldn't because Keith, uh, Keith's yeah, the drug uh, issues. His girlfriend, girlfriend got yeah. busted at the airport.
0: That's right. So he was bailing her out and taking care of her court stuff. <laughs> which and is
1: funny in its own right.
0: So he didn't get to practice for it, so he just showed up and had to do it off the cuff. Yeah. So their solution to it sounding so rough was to go back in the studio and overdub it, which was a terrible mistake a in my It's the 70s, opinion. though. True, but... So, Keith goes into overdub guitar parts, which is, you know, it's whatever. You can definitely hear the overdubs on it. Uh, Keith and, uh, was it Ronnie Wood that it just, was that what you were saying?
1: Yeah, Ronnie just, that was his first so tour. So, Keith and Ronnie
0: both did some vocal overdubs where they just hoop and holler in the background to make it sound yeah. more lively. And then Mick saw that they were doing overdubs so he's, he's got to do overdubs too so he of grabs course. a harmonica he's Mick Jagger and he starts playing harmonica over his vocal parts on the album doing something that is impossible to pull off live which is sing and play harmonica at the same time so that's that's a big strike against it for me too just because like come on guys I mean you know Zeppelin overdubbed the hell out of song remains the same but you can't tell because they didn't like have Robert Plant doing harmonica over his vocals but that's
1: exactly my point it's the 70s everything yeah. was overdubbed and everything was excess and this and that my whole True. thing is I love this album do I think it's you know 10 stars do I think it's 8 stars out of 10 it's probably 6 maybe oh, 7 boy. oh boy but it's a, you are generous
0: with your stars ah,
1: see you're too critical <laughs> Too critical it's of my a, stars. It's a fun album. It's a Saturday night party album. Yeah. It's, you know, wh- what the the intro is the classical. Is it? It's fanfare fair for a common for, man. Yeah. You know, you hear that and it's like, okay, you know what you're getting. It's but big. It's grandiose. And honky tonk women starts or brown sugar. They're
0: and, a band that can nail the blues. They're a band that, oh, that yeah. knows how to play the blues. The, on this album, it's like they don't even. It's like the first time they've ever got together to play. It's so sloppy, like it's to the point of like, well, did you guys even care what you were doing? There is, are you just so? It's a club up?
1: show. But uh, what is it? The Manish Boy is pretty good. Yeah. The uh, You Got to Move, which is not part of that, the blues show. Right, that's part, that's of, part of, the, of the
0: other, and that one was good. That one's good, killer. But then, if you're gonna say that those are killer, you have to look at the two or three funk numbers they tried to do, Or Keith wanted to try new effects on his guitar. Yeah, and then like they tried doing little disco bits, and then they tried. Well,
1: think of the time, though. I I know. I know. You know. Are you saying you don't like Star Star? Uh, No, (laughs) no,
0: it's it's not. You know, I think maybe one big difference between how we both look at it is that you view it you view it rightly so through a lens of how you experienced it when you were younger because it was a party album that you enjoyed when you were younger. I'm coming at it much later on as somebody who's listened to all these amazing Stones albums and having to come in to Love You Live. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't help but be skewed a little bit just because I've heard so much, and especially with that last uh, Exile reissue from last year, year before, and hearing how awesome that seven is.
1: But, like, I mean, take into account how long their career has been and how much music they're making. True. I mean, you know, you kind of win some, lose some. But in the end, a mediocre live Stones album is better than 80% of other bands or artists' albums. I will say that i <laughs> That's a heavy statement um, to make, but... <laughs>
0: you gotta stand by it but I'll I, I will say that I'm happy it's good to hear a live album where you know this is this is them <laughs> like it's there's no it's warts and all there's no like even the overdubs could not like smooth those corners and, and get that sloppiness out of it if
1: they had somebody good in the studio doing those overdubs with them I think the guy you know the
0: guy mixing had to be drunk because those overdubs sound so out of place with the actual music. And you don't hear it on the, on the big shows. It's just the small ones that you really yeah. hear it on. You hear a completely different guitar tone that doesn't match anything else. And that's Keith trying to fill in the gaps.
1: Is there a highlight for you on it?
0: Uh, boy, I, I really didn't like Tumbling Dice on there.
1: You didn't like
0: it? It's, they slow it to a snail's pace. To where it's not even fun. Do you do you remember like how slow tumbling dice is yeah, on there? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a song that needs some needs some jump to it. Needs a little bit of rhythm. It does need and It's a so jump. slow. Yeah. I think. Uh, uh, what, I got to move.
1: You got to move. You
0: got to move. I like that one. That, that's that was a high point.
1: That's one. a standout.
0: I was I was listening to it when I got to you to you got to move. I was like, okay, well this this feels like they're in
1: it. I like. The uh, if you can't rock me, and then they go into uh, get off of my cloud.
0: Didn't care for it. You didn't care for Not, it. No, I think it's fun. I didn't. And care it's a for good it. way to
1: mix at the time new stones and an old classic stones. Yeah. Like it, they work together. Obviously, they probably need to practice it a little bit more. <laughs> but it's fun.
0: Which I, I go yeah. back
1: to my original statement of it's a. It's just a fun yeah. album. Yeah. It's a fun party album I'll that tell you, you put one on when there's a bunch of people in the room.
0: One thing that makes me a little more jaded to it than you are, and I think, it's, I think it has a lot to do with how we listen to live albums growing up, that I think the live albums you enjoyed outside of Kiss were a lot more loose than what I enjoyed growing up because... I listen to a lot of like Floyd live and things like that, where everything yeah. is so orchestrated. Right. To the Very to meticulous. where, it, to where sometimes it takes the life out of it. It's so meticulous, you know. Right. Yeah. Or like prog rock in general, when it's live, there's hardly any like unless you can. There's yeah. hardly any like jamming that just goes out into space. It's it's a lot of orchestrated things. So. Yeah. That might be why, it, the like this kind of sloppiness doesn't suit me as well. Maybe. Could be. I don't know. I. I grew up with like Pulse and things like that, which is an album you detest. So that that yeah. might be. I enjoy Pulse. I don't enjoy it as much now as I did when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah,
1: it's it's Pink Floyd's Pulse. I it's mention. a sleeper to me, right? But I haven't listened to it in about ten years. So. It doesn't age well at all. Yeah,
0: it's so digital and clean, and every every little beat has its spot. And there's no spontaneity. So, like, but I think maybe with me growing up enjoying stuff like that so much. Yeah might be different because you you enjoyed this sort of this sort of live Stones right like growing up like this would be
1: well no I mean I listened to all the studio stuff but I mean honestly I don't there was never a Stones album that I was just like man that wasn't very good or Black and Blue I love Black and Blue I have a sweet Japanese (laughs) pressing of that man Hot stuff, O' uh, baby. All right, hold uh, up, hold up. Uh, Dirty let's work. Let's see. You, can you defend Dirty Vroom? work. Nah, you know. Yeah. I guess that could probably be their worst album. In Steel the Steel Wheels, what? Voodoo Lounge. The what? Yeah. Voodoo Lounge. Yeah. Voodoo Lounge. Of all the the newer the stones, later, yeah. Voodoo Lounge <laughs> is probably the best one. <laughs> we're talking
0: about one of their '80s albums and saying it's newer. Oh, well, you man. can break
1: it down into their 50-year career. No, I'm just
0: saying we're getting old because we feel like that's one of their newer albums.
1: Um, steel wheels had a few good songs on it you know it, it didn't suck at the time so you have to think about at the time it came out they, they got you know, really, what's going on I know, music, and, and i think know. they
0: got really bad about trying to catch the wave whatever the wave was they tried to ride it and they got really really heavy yeah. into that it didn't i don't think it panned out so well for them. It probably gave them some money at the time but longevity wise you know they don't play those songs live No. They, no. I don't even know if they play stuff like "Love Is Strong" live anymore. Like, do they even?
1: They haven't in a few years. They yes. they did about four or five years wow. after. Still, yeah. I don't know. Or anybody
0: see my baby? They don't really don't play that one live with the hip hop interlude did, in, it. in it. Yeah, they don't. Well, Saint of Me wasn't with the hip hop, wasn't it? Did anybody see my baby? That, that was the oh, one. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to stay relevant—it's so bad. I don't know. What, what it's fun is to it? go back and listen to now, just to see how how far they fell with yeah. that sort of thing.
1: What is a Stones tune that you can't hear anymore? That I can't? I, I've thought about that while I was listening to this album. I would
0: want to say Satisfaction, but that's not true. I can still oh, hear no, Satisfaction. Man. When you
1: when you see that live, um, it's
0: yeah. Or even the studio version. When I hear that initial guitar riff, I just yeah. I'm in it. Um, I think I think that honky tonk women is really close to one I can't hardly hear. Oh, that.
1: really? See, I you yeah. want to hear that live? They're gonna play it live every time. But, but you know,
0: when I was listening to Love You Live, that Sympathy for the Devil is really terrible. On it's there. what? It's really terrible. That Sympathy for the Devil is yeah. really terrible on there, and that's one that I think I just wore it out so much as a kid. Oh, yeah. That I don't know if I can still do Sympathy for the.
1: That devil. was that's one. For me, but when I even see though it I live, love it, I love that song. Oh yeah, it's a great I just, tune. I
0: just can't do it.
1: But when you hear it live, it's different because it's real good in a live setting. Yeah, you can't always get what you want. Is one that I can do it's without. Tough. Hearing, it's tough to. It's tough to stick again. with that one. Yeah. Anyways,
0: you know anything that was like anything that was their top top ten top 20, 70 yeah. songs, they're a little tough to. I can still go back to most of your 60s stuff like Mother's oh, Little yeah. Helper and it's Happy. Great. And, well, Happy 70s, I think, but like all that, all that like 60s garage kind of stuff, I can yeah. still go back to any of that. It was awesome. I mean, it was the best. Like,
1: I mean, and that, and just on, for me personally, that's where it went ahead and separated me, the Beatles and the Stones. Yeah, it's a I'm good like, point to separate. Uh, well, I like the garage, and then morph really well into that sloppy kind of. Get your yaws type bad boy grungy. Type. The Beatles
0: were never as cool as the Stones. They couldn't they couldn't do it. Yeah. Because they didn't go to that edge that the Stones went to yeah. to make it so dirty and sloppy. You know, the Beatles were always more about refinement. Every album had to refine it a little bit more. Right. Whereas the Stones, they did that, but they also were like, ah fuck it. And they would just do whatever they and wanted. And it worked. And it worked.
1: And it sounded great.
0: You needed that Mick and Keith you know, battling back and forth kind of thing. Yeah. And the Linda McCarthy didn't really, or McCartney, I mean, McCarthy. <laughs> wow, that's, that was odd. Uh, the Linda McCartney thing didn't really have the same Mick and Keith vibe to no, wear. No,
1: neither did the Yoko McCartney <laughs> battle.
0: Well, my head still hurts from those albums.
1: Oh, jeez. End result... Listen to this album. I, you know, I give Go it like a, it. I give it like a four out it. of ten, honestly. A four?
0: Yeah, but I still think you should listen to it just to hear what that era of Stones sounded like. Yeah, it's it's a good time capsule, I think.
1: It is. I mean, it was a tour of the Americas. You know
0: what? I like it better than. Um, uh,
1: if you if you got. Li- yeah, got or... live
0: if you want it. I like it better than got live if you want it. Okay. Because I can't hear the band on got live if you want it.
1: Right. Because it's all girls screaming. It's all separated. Yeah, you can Left can't... and right.
0: Well, you you just hear her screaming. Yeah. You just hear the crowd scream. So I'll gi- I'll give it some some props.